You're like, oh, should I have the burger or the fish and chips? No, it's not like I'm going to have this one, you know, I'll have the pure in heart, but I won't have the mourning, you know, and I'll have the righteousness, but I don't even watch the doctor talk about the mercy or the persecution, which Pauline's going to come on to in a couple of weeks' time. It's not a menu that we pick and choose from. This is Jesus describing what he wants his followers to be like. This is a list that builds on the previous one, and it's all together what Jesus wants us to be like. That's a huge challenge. Like, I'm standing here going, not sure I can do that. But thankfully, we've got him to help us. So, what an amazing promise to be able to see God. Who would like to see God? Lots of hands. Quite a lot of you like to see God. We'll get on to seeing God in a bit. First of all, let's look at pure in heart. So we're going to start with a little bit of a biology lesson, not a lesson, a little bit of biology. Where is your heart? Lads at the back, where's your heart? In here, Logan, well done. And what does it do? It ticks, it pumps. Keeps us alive. Excellent. And what happens if it doesn't work properly? Yeah, the ultimate is that you will die. But yeah, you get ill. My mum had a heart attack about getting on 20 years ago, actually. She was really ill. She spent weeks and weeks in hospital. Thankfully, she's okay with a lot of pills. But you know, when your heart doesn't work properly, you get ill. It affects the whole of you. It's not just like, you know, it's, it's central to your body. When your heart stops, you're no longer alive. It's important. And the same with our spiritual heart. It's important. When the Bible talks about our heart, it's not necessarily talking about the thing that pumps blood around our body. It's talking about the center of who we are. <coughs> I'm lost. Um, you know, it's where our feeling, our thinking, and our willing comes from. It's the core of who we are. And in the MIV version of the Bible, the word heart is in there well over 500 times, nearer 600 than 500. So the heart is important. And there's just a few verses um, that I kind of came across, but I just wanted to share this morning. Matthew 6, verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 22, 37, this comes to other places as well. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your, sign, all your soul, and all your mind. And some versions say all your strength as well. Um, in Hebrews 3, verse 12, it says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. You know, the heart is important. It matters. Our hearts matter to God. So what does it mean? to be pure in heart. How do we be pure in heart? There's that lovely song, isn't there? That lovely old song called Purify My Heart. I want to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. So what does it mean? When I say the word pure, what do you think of? Anyone? Clean? Without blemish. Without blemish, no impurities? Drinkable, like this. Nice bottle of clean water, fresh from the shop yesterday. Drunk a little bit. But it's clean, it's pure, it's drinkable. It's uncontaminated, it's not mixed with anything else. But what about if I do this? 
Okay, we're okay. Anyone still fancy drinking that? <laughs> Bit of garden dirt. This is what happens to our hearts. They get contaminated with stuff that's not of God. So a pure heart is one that's focused on God, not one that's filled up with the thoughts and deeds of the word of the world. You know that verse from Hebrews I just read. See to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from God. A heart that's clogged up with stuff. So what kind of stuff? Back to the questions again. Sorry, it's a bit interactive this morning. I don't think just talking at people. I like a bit of feedback. What things can fill up our heart and make us impure? on the inside. God looks at our heart and what it's like and what it's full of. He doesn't look at what's on the outside. He doesn't look at you and go, oh, you've got a pretty hairdo, or, you know, you've got my nice makeup this morning, or you've got a nice outfit on. You know, God looks at what's on the inside, because it's the heart that matters. Who was it said the other week, the heart, the, 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 the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart? Yeah. Um, somebody said that. You know, purity of heart is about keeping our hearts right with God, not letting any of that mess get in the way. There's a verse in Proverbs. Proverbs 4 is great. I haven't read Proverbs 4 an awful lot. Proverbs 4, I like Proverbs 4. Verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from what's in your heart. So it's about doing our utmost to keep our hearts pure because we are our hearts. According to the Bible, that is, you know, it's who we are. All of your life comes from it. Your decisions, your actions, your reactions, the way you feel, the way you think, what you do, all comes out of what's in your heart. And if it's full of mess, full of evil things, full of things that aren't of God, then that's what comes out. If they're full of good things, full of what is of God, then that's what comes out. If your heart is pure, everything stemming from your life is pure. Back to this song. I'm just going to read it a second. Refine as fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. It's about doing God's will in our lives not about doing what the world wants us to do. And that's hard, isn't it? It's a massive challenge. A massive challenge. 
And it's not about being perfect. I think you kind of, I don't know, I read this verse pure in heart, I thought, oh, I've got to be perfect. But actually, like, it's not about being perfect. It's about knowing that we need Jesus. It's about desiring and pursuing Jesus more than we desire and pursue the things of the world. It's about where our, you know, where we're kind of plotting and set to go. So I'm going to go to a sailing analogy again. You know, when you're sailing, I guess I didn't write this down, this is off piece. Um, when you're sailing, you know, you set a course and you go that way. And if you want to go a different way, you set a different course and you go that way. It's about setting our course on Jesus. And yeah, you might get blown around a little bit along the way, but if your course is set, then you're, you know, you're going the right direction. The pure in heart have sincerity and integrity and humility and godly character. You're not blown around by the waves enough to push you off course. You keep going in the same direction. And the really good thing is that we can't... Sorry, the thing is, we can't do that on our own. It's not about us striving and trying really hard. It's because of who Jesus is. Like, we can have a pure heart because of who Jesus is. He was pure and he was sinless. And he died on the cross to wash us clean, to give us a clean heart. There's only one thing that will rid our hearts of the sin and all the things that take our focus off of God, and that is the blood of Jesus. And our bottle of water can look like this again. Mm. And the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we reflect what he's like. The less of that we get and the more of this. So there's a challenge. Are our hearts full of the stuff of the world? Are they full of the greed, as Dan said, and the selfishness and the envy and the pride and the worries and the, you know, the other things we said and the TV programs aren't good for us and the, the stuff we fill ourselves with? Or are our hearts full of the things of Jesus? Humility, peace, justice, righteousness, mercy. These are the Beatitudes we've been looking at over the last few weeks. And how do we reflect God's heart in our lives? How do we take this stuff that we know what God is like that's in our heart, that's who we are, and share that with the people around us? Dazzlers, last week you guys were given a B, or made a B, your B attitude, for those of you who weren't here. Great pun, Mary, I loved it. You know, your B attitude, giving, away, giving that away, assuming some of you have, hopefully some of you have, giving your B attitude to somebody this week, is showing them a bit of kindness and mercy. That's a little bit of showing what God is like. There's a little practical outworking of what God is like. Showing, you know, who you are, your heart focused on Jesus and sharing that with other people. That's amazing. Well done to those of you guys that have done that. Gosh, my mouth is dry this morning. That's what you get from blind panic. Um, <laughs> so what about seeing God? Let's get back to seeing God. What an amazing promise that the pure in heart will see God. You know, when the stuff, let's mix this up again, when the stuff isn't in the way, you can see better. Have you ever seen God? Lots of shaking heads, never seen God. You know, right back in Exodus, in the Old Testament, God said to Moses that nobody could see him and live. 
Just a little excerpt from Exodus 33. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And God, the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Doesn't that seem to contradict what we're saying here in Matthew 5? Like Jesus is saying we can see God. So what, what does that mean? Back to you guys and your ideas. What, what ways do you think we can see God? Thinking a little bit out of the box, because obviously we can't actually see him. We'll get there when we get to heaven. We'll see God. We get the promise of spending eternity in his presence. It's amazing, isn't it? From Revelation 22, which talks about seeing his face. When we get there, we'll see his face. But what about now? What are the ways in which we can see God? Creation? Yeah. If we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. Seeing people get saved? Yeah, seeing the work of God in their lives. Yep, Diane? Yeah, people showing compassion to other people. There's that bit, isn't there, where Jesus says, you know, if you help these, you know, the poor and the, I can't remember the verse and the reference, my Bible knowledge isn't as good as it should be. Um, you know, Jesus said, if you've helped these, then you've helped me. Any other ideas? God working your own life, yeah. You guys have nicked all my ideas, that's what I've basically the stuff I've got. So yeah, so like I said already, you know, we've got eternity with God in his presence. Through Jesus, um, Jesus has made God known, like Ellen said. Um, Jesus said, you know, uh, he says, yeah, anyone who's seen him has seen the Father. This unseen God becomes visible in Jesus. You want to see what God is like? Look at the life of Jesus. Look at what Jesus did. His, you know, his mercy and his compassion and his grace and his love to the people that he came across in his everyday life. Challenging the status quo. Challenging the religious authorities of the time. Like, Jesus was radical. Like, he wasn't this kind of little, you know... Obviously, he's were pure then. No, he wasn't just this little kind of timid person sitting in the corner. Like, he got out and did stuff. He made a difference to the world around him. Another challenge for us. Um, where else were we? You know, and Paul, and I think it's somewhere in Corinthians, Paul said that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And through Jesus, we have direct access to God. Not like the Old Testament, where, you know, God was confined in this little... Ark of the Covenant in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, where nobody could go in. I think one person went in, the high priest went in once a year, and I'm sure I read somewhere they had to tie a rope around his middle to pull him out in case he died when he was in there, because nobody else could go in there. The presence of God was just this little thing that nobody could get to. And then when Jesus died on the cross, that temple curtain was torn in two. I love that imagery. Just this massive, and it's not like you know, not like your bedroom curtains at home. This is a great big thick piece of fabric. I mean, oh my gosh, when they were going around the desert with the tabernacle, that was a lot of camping equipment they took with them to build the tabernacle. <laughs> but 
where was I? I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, that great big thick piece of fabric that separated people from God got ripped straight down the middle. We have access to God because of who Jesus is. And as I think Dave said, we can see God in creation. We only have to look around and we can see the enormity and the beauty of what God is and, and what he's made and who he is through that. And as Rob said, we can see God working in situations in our own lives. Sometimes you take hindsight. Sometimes you can't see him along the way. I'm sure Rachel, the situation with you guys and Beth, you couldn't always see him along the way. But with hindsight, there God is in full, amazing colour. Because he's done that amazing work in Beth's life. We see God in each other. When we, as the pure in heart, reflect God's heart in our lives, other people can see it. I'm sure it was Darren all right when he was younger. Like, he's always been a kind of, kind of zestful guy, Darren. I don't know if any of you guys have met. This is Jeff and Christine's second son. He was always full of kind of this life and this passion and this zeal for stuff. And people, I think it was when he was at uni, he's like, people kind of wonder what's different about me. He's like, it's Jesus. Like, Darren did an amazing job, and I'm sure he still does. I don't see him as much these days, but he did an amazing job of just reflecting Jesus to people around him. So we can see God. Yeah, it's a little bit abstract at the moment. And sometimes the stuff, back to my little thing of dirty water and my mess. The stuff sometimes gets in the way. But if we can get the stuff out of the way, put our focus on God, not on the stuff of the world. If the things that are important to us are the same as the things that are important to God, then we will see God in more ways than we think we can. So I'm just going to finish. I'll hand back to Marion if that's all right. This is the message version of this verse, which I've just read in. I don't like everything in the message. It's very much a kind of paraphrase of the Bible. But I did like how it, how it said this verse. It says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your heart and mind put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. So it's an amazing challenge, isn't it, for us? Are we pure in heart? Do we have stuff maybe this morning that we need to put right? Some of the stuff that's in the way we need God to clean out. Do we need to maybe think of new ways of looking and seeing how we can see God in our lives and just reflect who he is to the people around us and to each other? Can I hand back? Thank you.